Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Christians, followers of the Lord Jesus, are to observe communion or the Lord's Supper. There are several doctrinal errors associated with the Lord's Supper, and many Christians don't understand it at all. Today on Drawing Near, the Lord Jesus institutes the first Lord's Supper. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 22 as we study the Lord's Supper. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. And Father, as we witness in Luke the coming of the crucifixion, Jesus' preparation for dying on the cross for our sins, and as we watch this scene unfold in the upper room, as Jesus institutes communion or the Lord's Supper, we pray, Lord, that you'd give us wisdom and discernment, that we truly would be one with you, have fellowship with you through the work of your Holy Spirit, through faith in Jesus Christ, that we would worship you and magnify you in our hearts and glorify Jesus for all he has done on our behalf. Father, we thank you for the gospel message. We thank you for your plan and purpose and redemption. Now, Father, glorify yourself in our hearts and lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 14, we read these words. When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. The first thing we learn in verse 14 is the hour had come. Now this could mean the hour had come for the Passover, or the hour had come for Jesus to sit down and begin this process that would result in his crucifixion. In all likelihood, it probably refers to both. The hour had been appointed to take the Passover way back in the book of Exodus when Moses instituted it under the Lord's direction. No doubt the Lord God knew that that hour would coincide with this hour that we're looking at in verse 14 a few thousand years later. And so when the hour had come, when this appointed time to take the Passover, to sit down with his disciples came, he sat down and were told and the twelve apostles with him. Now, as a side note, this term, apostles, it's one of the few times it's used in the Gospels. We see it used often from the book of Acts on. But early on in the Gospels, it's usually the twelve disciples, not the twelve apostles. The word apostle simply means sent ones. Jesus was going to send these individuals out to share the Gospel, to continue his work. He, as their rabbi, had poured himself into them And now, when he departed, they would carry this forth as apostles, as sent ones into the world. In verse 15, we see Jesus speaking to his disciples, his apostles. He says, With fervent desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus had a desire to sit down with these disciples and share in this last Passover meal. He had a desire to complete his earthly ministry in their lives. He is going to spend some time with them following his resurrection, but by and large, his earthly ministry with them, his preparation with them is being concluded. 
And so he has this great desire to sit down and eat this Passover meal with them before he suffers. And notice what he says, before I suffer. Jesus knows he's going to suffer. Jesus knows he's going to the cross. This is not something that is going to catch him off guard or unaware. He knows what's going on. Everything that he's done in his ministry has led up to this point. And then he tells them in verse 16, For I say to you, I tell you, I will no longer eat of this Passover until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So there's a conclusion here. Jesus is not going to eat this Passover anymore until something happens, until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God, until what this Passover points to is fulfilled in God's kingdom. What is it that this Passover points to? Well, the Passover points to the deliverance of God's people through the sacrifice of a lamb. And that's what Jesus is going to do. He is going to fulfill that prophetic picture instituted back in Exodus with the Israelites in Egypt. He's going to fulfill this by going to the cross and sacrificing himself, becoming the lamb who was slain for the sins of the world. In verse 17, it says, Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. It appears in these two verses that he's preparing for communion, or what we call the Lord's Supper. And he's doing this by saying, here's the cup, here's the wine. Now take and each of you take some. Not necessarily drink it, but divide it among yourselves. And then he says again, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. There's another conclusion here. I'm not going to drink of this anymore until the kingdom of God comes. In verse 19, we begin to see the institution of the Lord's Supper. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we have the first element in communion, or the Lord's Supper, the bread. And Jesus tells us in this verse, that this bread represents his body. And it's a body that is given on behalf of the disciples. And they are to take and eat this in remembrance of me. So we see the foundational elements here. We see the bread representing the body of Christ. He gives this bread to them, and they are to consume this bread in remembrance of him. It doesn't do anything in their lives except serve as a reminder of Jesus in their minds, in their hearts. Verse 20, Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So after the bread, Jesus takes his cup. I'm assuming each of the disciples take their cup as well. And he says, The fruit of the vine, or the wine in the cup, represents the new covenant in his blood. Jesus is going to institute a new covenant. There was an old covenant with Israel. Jesus is now instituting a new covenant with Israel. And he's doing this by shedding his blood. This new covenant comes as Jesus sheds his blood. And he says this blood is shed for you. He gave his body for them, for us as believers. And his blood is shed for them, the disciples and us. So we have these two elements, the bread and the cup, or the wine, 
and we have the purpose of communion, to remember Jesus. We're to do this in remembrance of him and in recognition of his new covenant. As I stated in the introduction, there are a few doctrinal errors that are often associated with communion. The first doctrinal error that I'll point out is there are those who believe that when they take the bread, when they drink the cup, that those elements, the bread and the wine or the bread and the juice, literally are transmuted into the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, literally as they're taken. The Bible does not teach that in any way, shape, or form ever. The bread always remains the bread. The juice always remains the juice. They're simply representative of the body and blood of Jesus. They do not change. Another doctrinal error that's associated with communion is that these elements contribute to our salvation, that we have to take these things in order to be saved. If you stop taking communion, you're no longer saved. That's not taught in Scripture either. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross in his death, burial, and resurrection, and saved by that alone. We are not saved through any act of worship, any act of obedience. We're not saved by baptism. We're not saved by taking communion. We need to understand these things. Those are just two of the errors. There are others, but we will not take time to look at them now. Suffice it to say that we are to observe communion. We are to take the Lord's Supper. We're to do so in remembrance of Jesus. And as Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians, we're to do this showing the Lord's death, remembering the Lord's death until he comes. That's critical. You can also read in 1 Corinthians where we are told not to take this in an unworthy way, but rather remembering the body and the blood of Christ. We're to do this for the right reason in the right frame of mind, with the right heart. I hope that you think about these things. I hope that you study about communion. I hope that if there's any error in your thinking regarding communion, that this will lay that aside, that this will address it. And if not, you need to talk to your pastor or you need to study God's word more thoroughly. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage. I thank you for this memorial representation, a way to remember what Jesus has done, a way to show that Jesus not only has come and died on the cross and resurrected, but that he's coming again to fulfill all that you have said of him. And Father, help us to have hope in the knowledge of Jesus' soon return and help us to be watching and waiting. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.